Success in the New Retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. This is the Success in the New Retirement podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. It's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors, 480-680-6868. Now, let's get to the show. PB&J, Soap and Water, Tiger Woods, and Nike. All things that you thought would be together forever, but not so much. The pairing was one of the most lucrative endorsements in sports history worth over $500 million. Matt Deaton, I know this one breaks your heart. After 27 years, they are no more. I know you are. You will go into the clubhouse and buy nothing but Nike gear just to look like Tiger Woods. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) You still have 14 dozen boxes of Nike Mojo golf balls. So I actually went and read an article uh, about this, like before you even brought it up to like talk about the show, because I was kind of interested why they'd get rid of Tiger Woods. So number one, we know Tiger Woods not, is not as popular as he used to be. But did you know that the main reason that this guy was saying that they, they ditched it is that they said, look, Nike's most powerful brand is their Jordan brand. Still. And so what they said is Jordan, again, people wear the shoes and do all that stuff, but they they found that they could go and start making Jordan golf shoes and Jordan golf apparel and that it would sell more than the Tiger Woods stuff. Wow. And so that's true. I I have two pairs of Jordan golf shoes and they look like one of them kind of is like a fancier golf shoe that kind of has some features of like, his, you know, Jordan fours. And then literally one of the pairs that I have, actually I have two of them. Two pairs are literally, they look like the Jordan ones. Like I could wear them as Jordan one shoes, but they have a golf tread on the bottom. And so they just found that the Jordan brand can take over and be a more popular part of the golf industry. And so what it means is, again, Michael Jordan, again, is going to make even more money because now he's going to take over all of the Nike golf stuff. I did a quick search on the Jordan brand. How much money do you think it made in 2022? It was something crazy. It was something like, uh, let me think. It was something like $6 billion and Michael Jordan took like a $500 million cut of that. $5.1 billion in 2022. Yeah. Just under $5 billion in 2021. And it's going to continue. I thought it was just because Nike was getting out of golf altogether. But it's because Tiger isn't quite pulling in the bucks for him like he once did. Right. He's not as popular and Jordan's crazy popular. And then they're like, hey, we can make Jordan shoes and we can do this and people will buy it. And here we go. And that's what they're doing. Let me turn that back to what you do for the community. So when you have a client that wants to jump from someone that's a proven investment, maybe somebody was was loyal to Nike for a long time, but now they want to try something different. They want to jump to greener pastures. But you have a client that wants to do that with an investment, though. How do you handle that? How do you handle those type of investment decisions? You know, it's always good to listen uh, to your clients and understand what they're trying to accomplish. Um, But, you know, this is a great year to to kind of talk about that in that it's an election year. And so what we might not get is a ton of people saying, oh, I wanna, what do you think about buying this stock? But we may get and will get a lot of people saying, you know, if this happens with the election, I wanna get all out of the market or I wanna get all in the market. And essentially that has to do with emotions driving decisions. And if we get to the core of that, that's never going to be a good decision. It's why statistics show that your average investor um, buys high and sells low, even though we all know that that is a cardinal rule that we don't want to do. 
it's what your average investor who's doing their own stuff does because we don't remain emotionally strong when it comes to money and love. And the other thing is, you know, right now, if you look at, for example, NVIDIA, you know, I had one client who held NVIDIA, I'd had it for two or three years prior to this big run up that they've had, and he got sick of it and sold it. And, um, and then, you know, six months later is coming back and, you know, just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Should I buy now and do these things? And because he's watching that go. And, and so the, the important thing is no investment, one particular investment is going to typically make or break you. Could it, if you were just extremely lucky? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've, I've never met someone when I, you know, I usually phrase it this way to someone. I say, would you board a plane with a 50% chance of landing? And they're like, no. And I said, so why would you board a retirement plane with a 50% shot of, of making it, right? Do you really want to put all of your eggs in a basket that looks hot for whatever reason, but may not be? And, and what it comes down to is, is again, building a, a plan that's going to work for your stage of life. Now, if there's some things that, that make sense to take whatever you can afford to lose and, and throw it in that, if it's a, it's a risky type of a thing, you know, then great. If a client's coming to you and saying, you know, we started here and my income is just isn't cutting it. And so I've heard about this or this. What do you think? Then we're going to have those discussions and talk to them about the pros and cons of why that particular investment might be a good thing, might not be a good thing. But at the end of the day, um, you know, there are principles and things that work to build a retirement plan that's going to uh, consistently provide the income that you need in retirement. And that is your number one concern is is replacing that paycheck and knowing I'm always going to have enough money to meet my needs and my wants. And and once we do that, then, you know, the we can we can then look at uh, some things if we want to take some risk and roll the dice uh, that we can build into a portfolio. But in general, it's about building that, uh, you know, that consistent foundation and, and, and using all of the vehicles and all of the pieces uh, properly from your Social Security to pension mm-hmm. to your investments so that uh, you have a plan that's, that's going to provide you the peace of mind that you're going to sleep eight hours in retirement every night instead of up and, you know, getting up in the night because the market's dropping yeah. or because the wrong person's going to get elected or because there's a, a war in, in the Middle East or whatever. Matt Deaton, as Damon mentioned a couple of seconds ago, yes, we are in an election year. We already saw it last week. You know, Trump dominating the Iowa caucus, New Hampshire coming up this year. So what can we expect this year from the markets? You know, it's been pretty volatile over the past couple of years, but usually in an election year, what can we prepare for? And is that something that your clients and the families you serve, are they worried? Did they get a little, little nervous, a little anxious about election years when it comes to their money? You know, I actually just sent out uh, our quarterly update video to our clients where we kind of give them an update on what we expect for the quarter and, the, you know, the, some, you know, the rest of the year. And so I talked a little bit about election years and typically in an election year, you see quite a bit of softness in Q1. So you can kind of expect in Q1 the markets to be flat or possibly down. And then usually April is a pretty good month. And then it kind of continues on until about August. And then from late August till the election time, the market usually kind of sells down again. And then after the election's over, the market celebrates, hallelujah, this is over. We don't have to do this for another four years. And the market usually does really well. And again, it doesn't, the market usually doesn't even care who gets elected. They're just glad it's over. And the market kind of celebrates and has an end of year rally. 
So again, if you kind of look at what's happened in the market just so far in January, it's kind of following that trend where there's more of a sell down. The market's kind of trending downwards and that's likely to continue for the next month or two. And then, you know, we'll probably see some sort of a pickup as we go into the late spring and, and go into summer. And so how do you manage for that? Well, again, there's opportunities to go risk off and there's opportunities to go risk on. And so our portfolio right now, we have a tactical strategy where it can kind of go risk on and risk off. We're being a little bit more defensive right now. We're taking advantage of watching the market drop and not participating in those losses with our clients' funds. Then, then there'll be an opportunity where you're going to be able to switch back in. And so election years, I feel like as there's an opportunity there. And I don't, I think you can't get caught up in the politics and think, well, if my guy loses, then the whole world's going to end. And so I'm going to, you know, pull all my money out of the market. I think that's the wrong action. But again, there's some things that you can take advantage of that will generate you know, some really good returns if you can navigate that properly. And so again, we're, we're kind of excited about what this could bring, how we can position the portfolio and how we can change that over time. So again, I think election years aren't something to be feared. I think it's an opportunity. You just have to know how to manage through that. Do you ever have to play therapist a little bit when somebody comes in in times like this? Well, definitely. I mean, politics get people fired up yeah. and they get emotional about it. Yeah. So again, we need to sometimes calm people down and say, look, at the end of the day, the markets don't care about Democrat, Republican. You can go back and look at the history and you can see that the markets perform basically the same, whether a Republican or a Democrat's in office. So if we can get past that and realize that that's not what's driving market performance, then we can kind of separate those things. So you can watch your political channels and you can get fired up about certain issues and you can do that. But don't let that creep into your investing because often that's a big mistake because again, the markets do not care. Yeah. And so, you know, we got to pay attention to that. Oscar Meyer is now hiring new drivers for their Wienermobile and they're currently accepting applications. Driving the Wienermobile is like one of the best things ever. No matter where we go, someone's honking, waving, smiling, taking our photos. We're like mini celebrities driving this thing. It's a 27 foot long hot dog. It makes everyone smile. It's almost impossible not to just get a grin when you see the Wienermobile. <laughs> 20,000 miles is what you're going to have to drive over 20 states and you're going to give out 250,000 Wiener whistles. Wiener whistles, huh? A lot of retirees like to have part-time jobs to keep them busy. I this hope people didn't just barely tune in right there. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about wiener whistles. So. Listen, everybody's plan is different. No two plans are the same. Do you imagine like putting that on your resume? Okay, I see you worked for TD Ameritrade. <laughs> Seriously, drove the Wienermobile. All right. Uh, <laughs> Listen, what don't call us. Does that mean? <laughs> we'll, call, we'll call you on that one. Hey, if somebody does, you know, maybe you have a client that they retired, they're happy, got a good plan in place, but they want to pick up a part-time job just to keep the blood flowing, to keep the brain active. Does that create issues with a pre-established plan? No, I mean, anytime you you add income, it just makes everything better. Um, it does create some different, uh, you know, some tax things that you've got to look at, uh, especially, you know, if you're drawing, if you plan to draw Social Security prior to your full retirement age and you introduce some additional income, um, if you're after your full retirement age, um, you know, it, it potentially could it caused some other things to be shifted around as far as taxes go, because again, you're, you're not, you know, one of the big concerns is, is keeping as much of what you have in your own pocket versus giving it to uncle Sam. But, you know, typically additional income is going to make everything just look better and, and easier. And, and, but 
that ideally in any plan that we're building, we want to have that be something that they're doing it because they want to, not because they have to. And when, when you work because you want to, it becomes a whole different ball of wax. You still feel like you're retired versus having to do that just to make ends meet. Um, you know, I don't, again, I don't know anyone in 23 years that we've interviewed and talked about in, in these appointments that says, you know, I want to, I want to work because I have to. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and so, you know, we're trying to build those plans around, okay, if you want to do that, because it, it's fulfilling to you and you can go do something that you just enjoy. Absolutely. Let's figure it out and let's do it. And let's help you do it in a tax advantaged way. But this could be the year you talk to somebody that says, I want to drive the Wienermobile in retirement. I'm talking to my Mark. It's you. Four eight zero six eight zero six eight six eight. Success in the new retirement dot com. I want to pivot and talk about strategy that you offer for the families that you serve, and that includes your 401k. And we've said many times that Social Security is not enough to fund your retirement. Now, an article in Vestapedia says your 401k also may not be enough. It says the limitations of contribution levels, fees, and taxes make an important piece but not the full solution. So Damon Roberts, Matt Dean, how can we make that 401k money work harder to make up for any limitations we have in our retirement income? Well, I think what that article is saying is that we need to have a line item in our budget as we're preparing for retirement that is retirement savings. And most of the, you know, the research shows that that needs to be about a 15 to 20% deposit each year if you want to maintain the lifestyle that you've come accustomed to. So again, what that means is every year we should be saving between 15 and 20% of what we're bringing in for our paycheck. So that may seem high, that may seem low, but that's what it would take for you to build up enough wealth to be able to maintain your lifestyle. Now you could save less and you could cut your lifestyle, you could work longer. There's a million things you potentially could do. But what that means is that the 401k or the IRA, they may have too many restrictions on how much you can save that doesn't get you to those numbers. So for example, this year, if you're over 50, you can put up to $8,000 into an IRA or to a Roth. Inside of a 401k, I think it's like $32,000. So again, depending on what you're trying to save, let's say you were trying to save, you know, $50,000 because that was, you know, what your numbers worked out to based on your and your wife's income. You might not have enough room inside of those accounts to save that money, which means you would then have to set up another type of account, just a brokerage or an investment account and save some additional funds. And so I think basically what you have to do is to simplify is you first say, okay, you know, if I'm going to try to follow that goal and save 15% of my paycheck, let's say you made a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Well, that means you need to save 15 grand. Can you do it inside of your 401k? Yeah. There's enough room where you can make those contributions right in your 401k. You're okay. If you don't have a 401k, could you do it inside of a IRA? Sure. Eight grand. But if you don't have the Roth account set up or something else, you would need to find another place that you're saving the additional $7,000. And that's what it's trying to say is, again, bottom line is people just aren't prioritizing enough for their retirement. And so they're not getting prepared. And so then once you've created the discipline to start saving, now you turn your focus to how the money is being invested. And so you say, okay, I've got money in my 401k and, and I like my 401k because I can put up to, you know, 30 something thousand dollars into it. But what I don't like is that it has really crummy investment options. My company doesn't give me very many options and a lot of them are the target date funds and I don't want those. And so what are my options at that point? Well, then if you're over 59 and a half or you just left your employer, those are your opportunities to be able to roll money out of a 401k and get it over into an IRA account. 
Now you can pick your own investments. Now, instead of choosing from a very small menu, now you can pick from the whole big thing and pick whatever investments you want, whatever stocks, there's a lot more opportunities. And so I've got a client right now, uh, his wife is 58 and a half. And so there's nothing that we can do with her 401k right now. So what we did is we looked at the investment options that she has and we said, okay, let's try to pick the very best ones we can, the ones with the least amount of fees, ones are gonna give you some diversification. But then we put a reminder on my calendar, on her calendar, that when she turns 59 and a half, we're gonna have a phone call and we're gonna talk about the options that now just opened up to her. So again, if you're driving around and you're thinking, okay, am I saving enough? That's the first question you have to answer. The next thing is, do I have better options for how my money could be invested now that I've saved it? Do I have old IRAs? Do I have an old 401k? Do, am I over 59 and a half that I could roll those funds into something better? If that's you, now there's some action that needs to be taken and, and that will put you in a better position to have your money invested better, to lower fees, get better diversification, all of those type of things. So if you're driving around, you're saying, man, Matt's speaking my language, that's me. Give us a call, 480-680-6868. We'd love to sit down and figure out how we can better utilize the money that you have saved for retirement to get you better prepared for retirement. The phone number 480-680-6868. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.